Happy New Year, all you bought at a price listeners. I cannot believe we are already three days into 2020. Wow. God is so good and faithful, bringing us into each new day, let alone each new year that he blesses us with. So, Happy New Year. And for those of you who are new to Bond at a Price, welcome. My name is Hannah. And other than love, love, loving to study God's word, my background is in health and nutrition. I am a licensed and trained functional nutritionist. So on Fridays, I get the pleasure of bringing you health and nutrition kind of stuff. And since it's January, and if you're like most people, losing weight was probably one of your resolutions, I wanted to talk about why diets don't work. I mean, have you ever even asked yourself that question or considered why diets never seem to work. So today I want to dive a little bit into the diet research and also explore a kind of new idea, an idea, well, it's not a new idea. It might be a new idea, kind of, sort of, to you. And that's the idea of a set point weight. Now, the things that researchers have found about why diets fail, those probably won't be much of a surprise to you. But the seven quote-unquote no diet steps that I have for you might catch you a little bit off guard. But at their root, you're going to find that those aren't too much of a surprise either. Diets, those boogers have been around forever, and the internet is always awash with some kind of new weight loss diet that's villainizing one food or the other and promising some kind of miraculous weight loss. Atkins, paleo, keto, plant-based, the list of diets promoting weight loss is a mile long and it's ever-changing, but they all have something in common, and that's that they all limit or eliminate food. If you've ever followed Weight Watchers, Jenny Craig, or some form of a eat-anything diet, you have to limit what you eat. You follow a paleo, keto, Atkins, plant-based, low-carb, or no-carb diet, you're eliminating entire food groups. At their root, these things all operate on the same premise. Less calories eaten equals weight loss. And that's mostly true. It's just that the way diets go about getting you to fewer calories, that differs. And at its simplest, this should work. But I know... Even as adults, we hate that word, but it doesn't ever 
I mean, after all, if a diet actually worked, wouldn't you expect it to have withstood the test of time? Uh Uh-huh. Me too. So there's a researcher by the name of Tracy Mann, and she does eating behavior and diet research at the University of Minnesota. She's been doing this for over 20 years. And despite her efforts to try and make diets work, she's only discovered why they don't. And maybe you're thinking, well, They fail because I don't have enough willpower or because I didn't work hard enough. I want you to know you did have enough willpower. You did work hard enough. The reasons your diet didn't work wasn't your fault. And we've written about this and I've got a couple, we have a couple of podcast episodes on this that I'll link to in the show notes. There's a lot of things that are working against your weight loss goals. So back to Tracy. On her study of diets, she has found that the three biggest reasons diets don't work are number one, neurological. When you limit or avoid food, your brain becomes more responsive to food. Food starts looking and smelling way more appetizing. And what do you find yourself thinking about all the time? Foods that you're avoiding. You're probably nodding your head and saying yes, as a matter of fact. On this new keto diet that I'm on, all I want is fill in the carbohydrate blank. I'm writing on, uh, we'll be talking to you about keto next week. The second thing she's found is hormonal. Dieting causes your body to alter the amounts of hunger and fullness hormones that it releases. The problem is it's not releasing them in your dieting favor. Your hunger hormones increase and your fullness hormones decrease because your body thinks it's protecting you. It doesn't realize that you aren't eating on purpose. The third thing is biological, and this has to do with your metabolism. Tracy Mann has found that when your body is dieting, your metabolism slows down. And if you've listened to our Why Diets Don't Work episode two, you already knew this. If you haven't, it's linked in the show notes. When your body has figured out how to run itself on fewer calories, more of those calories get stored as fat. And that's the opposite of what any dieter wants to happen. So why in the world is your body doing this to you? I mean, shouldn't it want the same thing that you do to lose weight and be whatever size you think it should be? I hate to tell you but your body disagrees and has a pile of mechanisms in place to ensure that you're going to have to fight tooth and nail to get to a weight that's lower than it wants. Okay, okay. I know you're wondering about the person you know who went on a diet and lost X number of pounds and has kept it off forever. Research has an answer for that one as well. 
about 5% of the population is actually able to successfully get below their body's set point. Your body's set point is that weight range your body wants to be at. And the longer you've been a certain weight, the harder it's going to be to go below that weight. Set points can be changed, but it takes hard work and determination. Sometimes this is why you hit those dieting plateaus and it feels like you just can't break through them. You're having to adjust and shift what your body recognizes as a new normal. If the weight you're trying to lose has been gained in the last 6 to 12 months, it's going to be easier to lose because your body recognizes that you're above your set point. It's above the weight that it knows it's supposed to be at. Our bodies are fearfully and wonderfully made. They have mechanisms in place that are always adjusting to help you maintain the set point that your body has decided is normal. And some stuff about set points. These kinds of things are molded and shaped in your body from birth. The environment that you were raised in, the foods that you were raised on, how active you were as a kid, all of these things play into what weight your body wants to be at now. I'd even be willing to go on a really long stretch and say that we could in some instances consider these something that's kind of passed down generationally because your body adapts to things even in utero in your mama's belly. The longer, that was me on a little rabbit trail though, the longer you've been at a certain weight, the harder it's going to be to lose it because your body has adapted to that being your new normal. Does this mean that you'll never be able to lose that weight? No. But it does mean that you're going to have to take a new approach, an approach to losing weight that doesn't include a diet. Something that I didn't put in the written version of this, why diets don't work, is that yo-yo dieting, going from one diet to the next, to the next, to the next, in an effort to find a diet that's going to help you lose weight, actually worsens and makes your ability to lose weight. The more you bounce from diet to diet to diet, the harder it is to lose weight and the more weight you actually gain. That's a tough pill to swallow, but you can lose weight. Most anyone 
can go on a diet and lose about 10% of their body weight. They may be even able to keep it off for about 6 to 12 months. But the problem is, is that keeping it off requires you spend every single day focused on how much you eat and avoiding certain foods. You're counting this and weighing that and measuring the other, reading ingredient labels left to right. You become a slave to weight loss and everything revolves around what you can or can't eat. But this doesn't consider life and all the distractions and bumps in the road that life brings. It's another reason why diets don't work. Diets don't take life into consideration. And if you're going to reset your set point or maintain a healthy weight, you have to do it in a manner that fits your life, not a manner that makes you a diet slave and overwhelms you with no's and can'ts. Jesus came to set us free. So why should we be willingly putting ourselves in bondage? Let's take a look at the fail-proof, no-diet way for ensuring that your body is at the weight God created it to be. So, I've got seven no-diet steps, and the first one is probably one of the most important, and that's to focus on feeling good. And that is probably going to take some practice, But when you focus on feeling good instead of losing weight, you're going to change the way you approach what you eat. Are your joints or your back hurting? How can the food you eat help them feel better? Do you feel tired all the time or brain always foggy? How can the food you eat help you feel better? Feel like you never have any energy? How can the food you eat help you feel better? So much of what ails us is due to the things we put on the end of our forks. And when you focus on feeling good, you focus on eating the best food possible because you're wanting to take the best possible care of your body. So how could focusing on how you feel change what you choose to eat? Know that you are worth it. You're God's image bearer. Two, begin loving how you reflect God. It's time to stop looking in the mirror and wishing you were 10 pounds lighter or that your hips or your rear look different. It's time to look in the mirror and rejoice at how God created you to reflect him. You're his child, his image bearer. Really let that sink in. And if you haven't read Sarah's post or listened to her episode from Wednesday, it's all about being God's image bearer. Amazing things happen when you begin loving yourself just the way you are. Your attitude changes and joy and peace settle into every little part of you. But most importantly, you begin caring for yourself 
like the precious jewel you are. Number three, you've got to quit trying to lose weight. Focusing on feeling good instead of weight loss allows your body to do what God created it to do, to keep you at the weight God wants you at. When you begin caring for yourself just as you'd care for a summer garden or a cherished flower bed, that's when your weight will actually begin to change. Instead of trying to lose weight, focus on nurturing every part of you as an act of worship to God. Four, stop dieting. You got to say no to calorie counting, scheduled meals, and always watching how much of certain things you are or aren't eating. Instead, you've got to focus on eating mindfully and paying attention to the internal cues that God's given you. What will help you feel better? What foods will support your microbiome, all those bacteria in your gut, and in turn improve your immune system, your metabolism, your mood? The food you eat should be the best food you can afford and eaten because you're wanting to be a great steward of the amazing you God created. There's a link in the show notes for an episode on mindful eating as well. And a little side note, there are some people that do have to be on a specific type of diet. Certain diets are in place because of certain health conditions. So if you're one of those, be sure that you're following the diet that your doctor or nutritionist has said needs to be followed in order for your health to be as best possible. All right, number five, you got to move because you want to. For many people, the word exercise is like a bad word. It's an eight-letter, four-letter word. It's the dreaded thing you have to do because you need to lose weight. But since you're not trying to lose weight anymore, it's time to move because you want to. I mean, after all, God gave you a body created for movement. So go on a walk and rejoice at the beauty of God's creation. Lift weights because you want to be strong enough to do anything God asks of you. You get the idea. Move because you want to glorify God and rejoice in how he created you. There's also a link in the show notes that has some different tips and tricks as well as a worksheet with different exercises you can do while you're at work. Number six, practice godly mindfulness. Godly mindfulness involves recognizing that God is the one you go to when you're stressed, tired, emotional, hormonal, anything. Food or drink is never going to be able to comfort or heal like your creator can. And when you practice godly mindfulness, that involves slowing down, evaluating what's going on, and asking God to help you make decisions that are in your best interest. The best part about godly mindfulness 
is it's a practice that's beneficial in all areas of your life, not just health and nutrition. You can read and listen to, we've got an entire series of episodes on mindfulness, and I will link to all of those in the show notes as well. And seven, last but not least, you've got to enjoy life to its fullest. You have to decide to enjoy life regardless of what the scale or the tags on your pants say. Because when you decide to live life to its fullest and enjoy every moment of it, it'll change the way you think about and care for yourself. So go skip down the street, play chase with your kids, or sign up for that 5K you've always wanted to do. You only have one life to live, and God wants you enjoying every moment of it with Him. No matter what you think weight loss will bring you, it won't. It's not going to make you happier, more popular, prettier, more athletic, a better mom, or a better wife. You're all of those things right now. And if you're struggling with this, would you stop and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal who God sees you as? Then write down what God lays on your heart. Don't worry, you don't have to show it to anyone. Maybe consider writing a letter of gratitude to your body while you're at it. We have an episode about that as well in the show notes. Diets, they don't work. They fail every single time, and it's not because you failed. It's because God created your body to keep you alive so that you're able to do all the amazing things he asks of you. And diets, well, they kind of go against that. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Rejoice in that and decide to steward the beautiful body God gave you as best you know how. That's a diet that works. If you're struggling, ask the Holy Spirit to strengthen you. That's why Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit. He wants us to have the same amazing resource he did. The Holy Spirit allowed Jesus to live a sinless human life, healing the sick, loving his enemies, setting captives free, and conquering death. Wow, can you believe that Christians have been given that same Holy Spirit? Rely on him and expect God to amaze you. If you have any questions about what you've heard today, you can reach us, guess where? At the link in the show notes. We would love to help or pray with you. And until next time, remember, your Heavenly Father has amazing plans for your life, and He'd love it if you felt great while doing them. God bless.